Section 18 of What is Property? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Diana Meilinger. What is Property? An Inquiry into the Principle of Right and of Government by Pierre Joseph Proudhon. Translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. Chapter 5, Part 1 psychological exposition of the idea of justice psychological exposition of the idea of justice and injustice and the determination of the principle of government and of right property is impossible equality does not exist we hate the former and yet wish to possess it the latter rules all our thoughts yet we know not how to reach it who will explain this profound antagonism between our conscience and our will? Who will point out the causes of this pernicious error which has become the most sacred principle of justice and society? I am bold enough to undertake the task, and I hope to succeed. But before explaining why man has violated justice, it is necessary to determine what justice is. Part First Of the Moral Sense in Man and the Animals the philosophers have endeavoured often to locate the line which separates man's intelligence from that of the brutes and according to their general custom they gave utterance to much foolishness before resolving upon the only course possible for them to take observation it was reserved for an unpretending savant who perhaps did not pride himself on his philosophy to put an end to the interminable controversy by a simple distinction but one of those luminous distinctions which are worth more than systems frederick cuvier separated instinct from intelligence but as yet no one has proposed this question is the difference between man's moral sense and that of the brute a difference in kind or only in degree if hitherto any one had dared to maintain the latter alternative his argument would have seemed scandalous blasphemous and offensive to morality and religion the ecclesiastical and secular tribunals would have condemned him with one voice and marked the style in which they would have branded the immoral paradox conscience they would have cried conscience man's chief glory was given to him exclusively the notion of justice and injustice of merit and demerit is his noble privilege to man alone the lord of creation belongs the sublime power to resist his worldly propensities to choose between good and evil and to bring himself more and more into the resemblance of god through liberty and justice no the holy image of virtue was never graven save on the heart of man words full of feeling but void of sense man is a rational and social animal said aristotle this definition is worth more than all which have been given since I do not accept even Monsieur de Bonald's celebrated definition, man is an intellect served by organs, a definition which has the double fault of explaining the known by the unknown, that is, the living being by the intellect, and of neglecting man's essential quality, animality. Man, then, is an animal living in society. Society means the sum total of relationships. In short, system now all systems exist only on certain conditions what then are the conditions the laws of human society what are the rights of men with respect to each other what is justice 
it amounts to nothing to say with the philosophers of various schools it is a divine instinct an immortal and heavenly voice a guide given us by nature a light revealed unto every man on coming into the world a law engraved upon our hearts it is the voice of conscience the dictum of reason the inspiration of sentiment the penchant of feeling it is the love of self in others it is enlightened self-interest or else it is an innate idea the imperative command of applied reason which has its source in the concepts of pure reason it is a passional attraction etc etc this may be as true as it seems beautiful but it is utterly meaningless though we should prolong this litany through ten pages it has been filtered through a thousand volumes we should be no nearer to the solution of the question justice is public utility says aristotle that is true but it is a tautology the principle that the public welfare ought to be the object of the legislator says monsieur comte in his treatise on legislation cannot be overthrown but legislation is advanced no farther by its announcement and demonstration than is medicine when it is said that it is the business of physicians to cure the sick let us take another course right is the sum total of the principles which govern society justice in man is the respect and observation of those principles to practice justice is to obey the social instinct to do an act of justice is to do a social act if then we watch the conduct of men towards each other under different circumstances it will be easy for us to distinguish between the presence and absence of society from the result we may inductively infer the law let us commence with the simplest and least doubtful cases the mother who protects her son at the peril of her life and sacrifices everything to his support is in society with him she is a good mother she on the contrary who abandons her child is unfaithful to the social instinct maternal love being one of its many features she is an unnatural mother if i plunge into the water to rescue a drowning man i am his brother his associate if instead of aiding him i sink him i am his enemy his murderer whoever bestows alms treats the poor man as his associate not thoroughly it is true but only in respect to the amount which he shares with him whoever takes by force or stratagem that which is not the product of his labor destroys his social character he is a brigand the samaritarian who relieves the traveller lying by the wayside dresses his wounds comforts him and supplies him with money thereby declares himself his associate his neighbour the priest who passes by on the other side remains unassociated and is his enemy in all these cases man is moved by an internal attraction towards his fellow by a secret sympathy which causes him to love congratulate and condole so that to resist this attraction his will must struggle against his nature but in these respects there is no decided difference between man and the animals with them as long as the weakness of their young endears them to their mothers in a word associates them with their mothers the latter protect the former at the peril of their lives with a courage which reminds us of our heroes dying for their country certain species unite for hunting purposes seek each other call each other a poet would say invite each other to share their prey in danger they aid protect and warn each other 
the elephant knows how to help his companion out of the ditch into which the latter has fallen cows form a circle with their horns outward and their calves in the centre in order to repel the attacks of wolves horses and pigs on hearing a cry of distress from one of their number rush to the spot whence it comes what descriptions i might give of their marriages the tenderness of the males towards the females and the fidelity of their loves let us add however to be entirely just that these touching demonstrations of society fraternity and love of neighbour do not prevent the animals from quarrelling fighting and outrageously abusing one another while gaining their livelihood and showing their gallantry the resemblance between them and ourselves is perfect the social instinct in man and beast exists to a greater or less degree its nature is the same man has the greater need of association and employs it more the animal seems better able to endure isolation in man social needs are more imperative and complex in the beast they seem less intense less diversified less regretted society in a word aims in the case of man at the preservation of the race and the individual with the animals its object is more exclusively the preservation of the race as yet we have met with no claim which man can make for himself alone the social instinct and the moral sense he shares with the brutes and when he thinks to become godlike by a few acts of charity justice and devotion he does not perceive that in so acting he simply obeys an instinct wholly animal in its nature as we are good loving tender just so we are passionate greedy lewd and vindictive that is we are like the beasts our highest virtues appear in the last analysis as blind impulsive instincts what subjects for canonization and apotheosis there is however a difference between us two-handed bipeds and other living creatures what is it a student of philosophy would hasten to reply this difference lies in the fact that we are conscious of our social faculty while the animals are unconscious of theirs in the fact that while we reflect and reason upon the operation of our social instinct the animals do nothing of the kind i will go farther it is by our reflective and reasoning powers with which we seem to be exclusively endowed that we know that it is injurious first to others and then to ourselves to resist the social instinct which governs us and which we call justice it is our reason which teaches us that the selfish man the robber the murderer in a word the traitor to society sins against nature and is guilty with respect to others and himself when he does wrong wilfully finally it is our social sentiment on the one hand and our reason on the other which cause us to think that beings such as we should take the responsibility of their acts such is the principle of remorse revenge and penal justice but this proves only an intellectual diversity between the animals and man not at all an affectional one for although we reason upon our relations with our fellows we likewise reason upon our most trivial actions such as drinking eating choosing a wife or selecting a dwelling-place we reason upon things earthly and things heavenly there is nothing to which our reasoning powers are not applicable now just as the knowledge of external phenomena which we acquire has no influence upon their causes and laws so reflection by illuminating our instinct 
enlightens us as to our sentient nature but does not alter its character it tells us what our morality is but neither changes nor modifies it our dissatisfaction with ourselves after doing wrong the indignation which we feel at the sight of injustice the idea of deserved punishment and due remuneration are effects of reflection and are not immediate effects of instinct and emotion our appreciation i do not say exclusive appreciation for the animals also realize that they have done wrong and are indignant when one of their number is attacked but our infinitely superior appreciation of our social duties our knowledge of good and evil does not establish as regards morality any vital difference between man and the beasts of the first and second degrees of sociability i insist upon the fact which i have just pointed out as one of the most important facts of anthropology the sympathetic attraction which causes us to associate is by reason of its blind unruly nature always governed by temporary impulse without regard to higher rights and without distinction of merit or priority the bastard dog follows indifferently all who call it the suckling child regards every man as its father and every woman as its nurse every living creature when deprived of the society of animals of its species seeks companionship in its solitude this fundamental characteristic of the social instinct renders intolerable and even hateful the friendship of frivolous persons liable to be infatuated with every new face accommodating to all whether good or bad and ready to sacrifice for a passing liaison the oldest and most honourable affections the fault of such beings is not in the heart it is in the judgment sociability in this degree is a sort of magnetism awakened in us by the contemplation of a being similar to ourselves but which never goes beyond the person who feels it it may be reciprocated but not communicated love benevolence pity sympathy call it what you will there is nothing in it which deserves esteem nothing which lifts man above the beast the second degree of sociability is justice which may be defined as the recognition of the equality between another's personality and our own the sentiment of justice we share with the animals we alone can form an exact idea of it but our idea as has been said already does not change its nature we shall soon see how man rises to a third degree of sociability which the animals are incapable of reaching but i must first prove by metaphysics that society justice and equality are three equivalent terms three expressions meaning the same thing whose mutual conversion is always allowable if amid the confusion of a shipwreck having escaped in a boat with some provisions i see a man struggling with the waves am i bound to go to his assistance yes i am bound under penalty of being adjudged guilty of murder and treason against society but am i also bound to share with him my provisions to settle this question we must change the phraseology if society is binding on the boat is it also binding on the provisions undoubtedly the duty of an associate is absolute man's occupancy succeeds his social nature and is subordinate to it possession can become exclusive only when permission to occupy is granted to all alike that which in this instance obscures our duty is our power of foresight which causing us to fear an eventual danger 
impels us to usurpation and makes us robbers and murderers animals do not calculate the duty of instinct any more than the disadvantages resulting to those who exercise it it would be strange if the intellect of man the most sociable of animals should lead him to disobey the law he betrays a society who attempts to use it only for his own advantage better that god should deprive us of prudence if it is to serve as the tool of our selfishness what you will say must i share my bread the bread which i have earned and which belongs to me with the stranger whom i do not know whom i may never see again and who perhaps will reward me with ingratitude if we had earned this bread together if this man had done something to obtain it he might demand his share since his cooperation would entitle him to it but as it is what claim has he on me we have not produced together we shall not eat together the fallacy in this argument lies in the false supposition that each producer is not necessarily associated with every other producer when two or more individuals have regularly organized a society when the contracts have been agreed upon drafted and signed there is no difficulty about the future everybody knows that when two men associate for instance in order to fish if one of them catches no fish he is none the less entitled to those caught by his associate if two merchants form a partnership while the partnership lasts the profits and losses are divided between them since each produces not for himself but for the society when the time of distribution arrives it is not the producer who is considered but the associate that is why the slave to whom the planter gives straw and rice and the civilized laborer to whom the capitalist pays a salary which is always too small not being associated with their employers although producing with them are disregarded when the product is divided thus the horse who draws our coaches and the ox that draws our carts produce with us but are not associated with us we take their product but do not share it with them the animals and laborers whom we employ hold the same relation to us whatever we do for them we do not from a sense of justice but out of pure benevolence footnote to perform an act of benevolence towards one's neighbor is called in hebrew to do justice in greek to take compassion or pity from which is derived the french omom in latin to perform an act of love or charity in french give alms we can trace the degradation of this principle through these various expressions the first signifies duty the second only sympathy the third affection a matter of choice not an obligation the fourth caprice and a footnote but is it possible that we are not all associated let us call to mind what was said in the last two chapters that even though we do not want to be associated the force of things the necessity of consumption the laws of production and the mathematical principle of exchange combine to associate us there is but a single exception to this rule that of the proprietor who producing by his right of increase is not associated with anyone and consequently is not obliged to share his product with anyone just as no one else is bound to share with him with the exception of the proprietor we labor for each other we can do nothing by ourselves unaided by others and we continually exchange products and services with each other if these are not social acts what are they 
Now, neither a commercial, nor an industrial, nor an agricultural association can be conceived of in the absence of equality. Equality is its sine qua non. That is, in all matters which concern this association, to violate society is to violate justice and equality. Apply this principle to humanity at large. After what has been said, I assume that the reader has sufficient insight to enable him to dispense with any aid of mine. By this principle, the man who takes possession of a field and says, This field is mine, will not be unjust so long as everyone else has an equal right of possession. Nor will he be unjust if, wishing to change his location, he exchanges this field for an equivalent. But if, putting another in his place, he says to him, Work for me while I rest, then he becomes unjust, unassociated, unequal. He is a proprietor. Reciprocally, the sluggard, or the rake, who, without performing any social task, enjoys like others, and often more than others, the products of society, should be proceeded against as a thief and a parasite. We owe it to ourselves to give him nothing, but, since he must live, to put him under supervision and compel him to labor. Sociability is the attraction felt by sentient beings for each other. Justice is the same attraction, accompanied by thought and knowledge. But under what general concept, in what category of the understanding, is justice placed? In the category of equal quantities. Hence, the ancient definition of justice. Justum aquale est, in justum inaquale. What is it, then, to practice justice? It is to give equal wealth to each, on condition of equal labor. It is to act socially. Our selfishness may complain. There is no escape from evidence and necessity. What is the right of occupancy? It is a natural method of dividing the earth, by reducing each laborer's share as fast as new laborers present themselves. This right disappears if the public interest requires it, which, being the social interest, is also that of the occupant. What is the right of labor? It is the right to obtain one's share of wealth by fulfilling the required conditions. It is the right of society, the right of equality. Justice, which is the product of the combination of an idea and an instinct, manifests itself in man as soon as he is capable of feeling and of forming ideas. Consequently, it has been regarded as an innate and original sentiment. But this opinion is logically and chronologically false. But justice, by its composition hybrid, if I may use the term, justice, born of emotion and intellect combined, seems to me one of the strongest proofs of unity and simplicity of the ego. The organism being no more capable of producing such a mixture by itself than are the combined senses of hearing and sight of forming a binary sense half auditory and half visual. This double nature of justice gives us the definite basis of all the demonstrations in chapters 2, 3, and 4. On one hand, the idea of justice being identical with that of society, and society necessarily implying equality, equality must underlie all the sophisms invented in defense of property. For, since property can be defended only as a just and social institution, and property being inequality, in order to prove that property is in harmony with society, it must be shown that injustice is justice, and that inequality is equality, a contradiction in terms. 
on the other hand since the idea of equality the second element of justice has its source in the mathematical proportions of things and since property or the unequal distribution of wealth among laborers destroys the necessary balance between labor production and consumption property must be impossible all men then are associated all are entitled to the same justice all are equal does it follow that the preferences of love and friendship are unjust this requires explanation i have already supposed the case of a man in peril i being in a position to help him now i suppose myself appealed to at the same time by two men exposed to danger am i not allowed am i not condemned even to rush first to the aid of him who is endeared to me by ties of blood friendship acquaintance or esteem at the risk of leaving the other to perish yes and why because within universal society there exist for each of us as many special societies as there are individuals and we are bound by the principle of sociability itself to fulfil the obligations which these impose upon us according to the intimacy of our relations with them therefore we must give our father mother children friends relatives etc the preference over all others but in what consists this preference a judge has a case to decide in which one of the parties is his friend and the other his enemy should he in this instance prefer his intimate associate to his distant associate and decide the case in favour of his friend in spite of evidence to the contrary no for if he should favour his friend's injustice he would become his accomplice in this violation of the social compact he would form with him a sort of conspiracy against the social body preference should be shown only in personal matters such as love esteem confidence or intimacy when all cannot be considered at once thus in case of fire a father would save his own child before thinking of his neighbours but the recognition of a right not being an optimal matter with a judge he is not at liberty to favour one person to the detriment of another the theory of these special societies which are formed concentrically so to speak by each of us inside of the main body gives the key to all the problems which arise from the opposition and conflict of the different varieties of social duty problems upon which the ancient tragedies are based the justice practised among animals is in a certain degree negative with the exception of protecting their young hunting and plundering in troops uniting for common defence and sometimes for individual assistance it consists more in prevention than in action a sick animal who cannot arise from the ground or an imprudent one who has fallen over the precipice receives neither medicine nor nourishment if he cannot cure himself nor relieve himself of his trouble his life is in danger he will neither be cared for in bed nor fed in a prison their neglect of their fellows arises as much from the weakness of their intellect as from their lack of resources still the degrees of intimacy common among men are not unknown to the animals they have friendships of habit and of choice friendships neighbourly and friendships parental in comparison with us they have feeble memories sluggish feelings and are almost destitute of intelligence but the identity of these faculties is preserved to some extent and our superiority in this respect arises entirely from our understanding 
it is our strength of memory and penetration of judgment which enable us to multiply and combine the acts which our social instinct impels us to perform and which teaches us how to render them more effective and how to distribute them justly the beasts who live in society practice justice but are ignorant of its nature and do not reason upon it they obey their instinct without thought or philosophy they know not how to unite the social sentiment with the idea of equality which they do not possess this idea being an abstract one we on the contrary starting with the principle that society implies equality can by our reasoning faculty understand and agree with each other in settling our rights we have even used our judgment to a great extent but in all this our conscience plays a small part as is proved by the fact that the idea of right of which we can catch a glimpse in certain animals who approach nearer than any others to our standard of intelligence seems to grow from the low level at which it stands in savages to the lofty height which it reaches in a plateau or a franklin if we trace the development of the moral sense in individuals and the progress of laws in nations we shall be convinced that the ideas of justice and legislative perfection are always proportional to intelligence the notion of justice which has been regarded by some philosophers as simple is then in reality complex it springs from the social instinct on the one hand and the idea of equality on the other just as the notion of guilt arises from the feeling that justice has been violated and from the idea of free will in conclusion instinct is not modified by acquaintance with its nature and the facts of society which we have thus far observed occur among beasts as well as men we know the meaning of justice in other words of sociability viewed from the standpoint of equality we have met with nothing which separates us from the animals end of section 18 chapter 5 part 1